From the studios of WFAN, this is Mike Zahn, Francesca on the fan on this Monday, the 14th day of May, as we uh, start a new week after, uh, it was an okay sports week, it went great, it was okay though, nothing, nothing to knock you out. We got the Supreme Court decision, which we'll get to, which I think a lot of people are interested in, you hear these people scurrying everywhere, hey, there's a lot of questions to be answered right now, more than there are answers to the questions, there's more questions right now. So, uh, but as expected, 6-3 decision, they win, uh, as that has been expected all along, because everyone said if the Supreme Court heard the case, they were going to turn it that way. So we'll get to that in a little while, and all the ramifications of that, especially over the next couple of days, we'll give you what the leagues are thinking. What they're thinking is money. That's what they're thinking. That's what they've always been thinking. Money. How do we get paid how do we provide content and get paid for it that's what that's about from their standpoint that's what it's always about what do the players think about money what are the owners thinking about money more money which is what they always think about we'll begin uh with the baseball uh and with the mets who uh went down to philly and uh, had another weird weekend when it looked like they were going to lose they didn't because conforto hit a rocket uh yesterday a very bizarre game and again a uh a weird first inning for DeGrom, I mean, one of the strangest things you've seen in a long time, and that's his only inning of the game. We all know that. And then uh, another puzzling decision, uh, and I, I thought Callaway's answer for not using Blevins made no sense. Absolutely no sense because he wound up using the pitchers anyway, including Familia when he was behind in the eighth inning. So to me, I don't know what he was thinking about not using him. All right, you could get into you know, he hasn't been that good against lefty. But that wasn't his reasoning, though. His reasoning was he didn't want to use too many pitches, and he wound up getting him up and not using him anyway and using two more pitches anyway. So, I mean, the whole thing didn't make any sense. He's had a rough couple of days here. As a matter of fact, he's had a rough time since the 11-1 and start. Hey, uh, what happens is every one of your moves is compounded when your team doesn't bail you out and when there's no margin of error. And there's no margin of error for the Mets because they can't score. So there's never a margin of error in their game. So if you make the wrong pitch, it's never forgiven. If you make the wrong decision as a manager, it's never forgiven. It's never wiped away. A lot of decisions are wiped away because somebody scores five runs. The Mets never do that this year. Now, they aren't playing with a full deck right now. Hopefully that will happen in, in the very near future. But uh, And they'll get some guys started. But right now, uh, things are anything uh, but pretty as the Mets fall to the Phillies yesterday. And again, have you really have you shaking your head about everything. There's not a lot you can count on. Even DeGrom right now, who did a, I guess you could say, a uh, impressive job getting out of an inning that he threw, you know, over 40 pitches in. So it was a very bizarre inning. And after the game, the manager sounded like that would be automatic, that anyone who threw 40 pitches would automatically be out of the game. I never heard that rule before, but that's something, you know, I, you know, okay, that's such a stressful inning. So from now on, anybody throws 40 innings, they're out of the game. I don't know why that would be the case. You know, yesterday in the Yankee game, the kid threw a ton of pitches in the first inning and then really settled down the next four innings and got the Yankees out and wound up throwing five innings and doing a useful job. So I don't know why you couldn't do that. I don't know why you couldn't rebound. With You know, if it wasn't 
an injury situation and you weren't worried about anything, why he couldn't settle down after the first inning and have four or five good innings, I don't understand why that wasn't the case or couldn't be the case, but sounds like it can't be the case for whatever reason. But there's some bizarre stuff going on there right now with that team as they continue to try to find themselves. Uh, and they will uh, do that after a day off today. Yankees have the day off. And, you know, the Yankees, I'll tell you this about the A's. The A's can hit. Their lineup's not bad. They don't have a lot of pitching, but they, they can hit. And you come away with the Yankees are, and listen, they're playing 700 baseball, so there's nothing really to quibble about. But there are some things you can quibble about. That just shows you how overpowering they are in their strengths, like Severino, who even on a game when he's not got his great stuff, still does a terrific job. And the fact that they produce enough offense day in and day out to just get the job done. But um, winning a game like Saturday where they didn't do anything right and they still won the game, left a million men on base, they didn't pitch well, they didn't hit in, in clutch spots, and they still won the game. And then went along yesterday and got themselves a, uh, you know, kind of a ho-hum victory. But some things there you got to be wondering about as to the future of what's going to happen with this team as they continue their summer with the Red Sox matching strides. Yankee moves. Let me give you that quickly. The Yankees today uh, returned Drury from his rehab assignment, reinstated him from the 10-day disabled list, and then optioned him to AAA. So he's not ready to come up. Uh, Bird and uh, McKinney have been transferred to double-A, so those are uh, the Yankee moves. Right now, the Mets should have uh, Bruce back when they come back on Tuesday. He's expected to return. Blevins is about to leave, so that's where we are there. Uh, From that standpoint, here's the thing with the Yankees that you come away with. Number one, especially as they go to Washington and are going to see Gio Gonzalez first, Number one, they really don't have anybody right now with Bird not there to protect Sanchez. I'd walk Sanchez any big spot because Hicks can't protect them. Austin can't protect them, especially if somebody's throwing a lefty because Austin's in like an 0 for 22. Didi's in like a 1 for 38. Uh, but uh, Hicks doesn't hit lefties at all. And he leaves a million guys on base. He has not done a good job offensively. He's a good defensive player. To me, he's a good fourth outfielder. I've never thought he was an everyday player. But he's not protection for Sanchez in that lineup. They need Bird to bat sixth and be protection. Otherwise, they don't really have any protection for him right now. Walker's been swinging the bat better, and I think he has a more meaningful role in the offing uh, in the days and, and weeks ahead. But Hicks has been bad. He's had a million RBI opportunities, and he's got 14 RBIs. He's hit 100 against lefties. And Austin's gone into it. I like the kid, he's gone into a terrible slump and has had just terrible at-bats. They let the million guys on base on Saturday uh, and have just, you know, had so many opportunities, didn't do the job. So they got a lot of guys slumping in that lineup right now. Stanton just overpowers, just killing left-handed pitching. Just incredible numbers against left-handed pitching right now. And, you know, he has these games where he just uh, completely dominates. Judge has been very good. So uh, there's some things to look at there. Some guys who still are, you know, looking to find themselves. The Didi thing's a little puzzling. Uh, he just seems to be just so, so loopy with his swing right now. And then you got the guys they have to make some decisions on. I know I know Cash likes Hicks, Hicks a lot. I know he likes 
the way he plays. I know he likes that he takes some walks. I know he likes his superior defense, but he is not a run producer. He is not a guy you want up with a lot of guys on base. He does not do a good job in that regard. And Austin has not uh, done his job either for a while now and is probably going to be on his way soon back to the minors if he keeps it up the way things are, are going right now. We've got to get to the uh, basketball I told you the other day I thought the Celtics were going to be very dangerous because of their defense. Their defense was superb. They did a great job. Cavs will adjust. The one thing I thought the Celtics did wrong yesterday, and I actually thought they'd win game one, but I thought the one thing they did wrong on a day where LeBron had a bad game, they did not adjust well to the Celtics switching defense. They did not adjust well to the Celtics with the way they used their very, very well-timed double teams. The Cavs did a lot of things wrong. Some that are very easily fixable. But what I didn't like was the young Celts started playing to the crowd, pointing, really starting to showboat after making some threes when that game was out of hand. That game was out of hand, except for a little run that was out of hand the whole second half. And I'm saying, you're going to pay for this. Don't go there. You guys are babes in the woods when it comes to the playoffs against that team and that guy. You do not want to go there. And I thought the Celtics were way, way over the top with some of that stuff in the fourth quarter. And that just comes with the youthful exuberance, you know, with the crowd pushing them in a one-sided game against the player they grew up watching, the whole thing. But uh, they'll wish... Sometime in this series, they'll wish they had uh, just taken it a little easier. Uh, and that will start right away with game two. But the Celts and their defense and their coaching scores first in that series. Uh, if you watch the golf, which was a romp for, we- for Webb Simpson, you saw something that you had to be impressed by. And that was a heck of a run late Saturday into the first 14 holes and if his ball on 14 had not come back down the false front, it could have been really fun. Uh, that started him on a bad turn after that. But you saw some superb, really top-level golf from Tiger Woods. I mean, golf that you could win with. Driver, fairways, I mean... Every really doing an incredible job there that it really could have been. He had two spin out in that time period, or he could have gotten to where that could have got a little tricky. Like I said, if that ball on 14 didn't, didn't roll back down the front, that could have been a very interesting couple of holes there. He could have put a little pressure on, but uh, he was about to make a dynamic charge. He had a couple spin out, and that one he just missed by an inch. And otherwise, you saw him playing some sensational, sensational golf a lot of Saturday and then into yesterday. So there was some, there was a lot to build on there, and I'm sure a lot of the golf world is buzzing about that today, and we'll talk about that a little bit too. So we got all that. And then, of course, the Supreme Court decision today, we have touched on this many times. Today's decision by the Supreme Court opens the door for states to pass laws legalizing sports betting. There is still a question of whether there will be a federal framework. Will Congress – now, Congress today said they will – Get involved. Will there be a uniform approach that will lead to federal legislation and take the states out of it? Or will this be like horse racing and be a state-by-state situation? That remains to be seen. That will change things dramatically. But there's a lot of companies out there today looking to wet their beak. And a lot of people looking to get involved in what will be a business 
of hundreds and hundreds of billions of dollars legalize sports gambling. Uh, now, regardless of the particulars of any sports betting law, the integrity of the game remains the highest priority. That, of course, the word today, the question is, how do they get there? We have decisions and, and statements from the leagues. You know what the leagues want? They want a piece of the pie. It's inevitable. They want federal legislation because it's easier for them to deal with. But if they don't get that, what they want state by state or federally, they want a piece of the pie. How does that work? Well, there's a lot of different people looking to wet their beak in this thing, so it'll be very, very interesting. So, like I said, there's a lot more questions than there are answers at the present time, but we'll get into some of that today. So a busy program for you on this Monday. We'll get it all rolling right after this.